Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, everybody? April 21st edition of the Fightful MMA podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro, your host. You can find me online via social media at Showdown Joe. You can get us all the time online at Fightful MMA. And don't forget, Fightful Mixed Martial Arts, or sorry, FightfulMMA.com for all of your mixed martial arts news. It is Friday. It's 1235 Eastern. I don't know how kind of mood this guy's in. Hopefully he's hopefully he is miserable. Maybe he won't be. But Sean Rossap, managing editor for Fightful at Sean Rossap on social media. Sean, what's going on, my man? Am I ever miserable? I'm never miserable. I'm upset today, as you can see. I've been wearing Nice polo shirts all week, but I had to sport the Chicago Bulls shirt for you. My Bulls are up two to nothing, but Rajon Rondo fractured his thumb. Now it's 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 you know one thing it's Rajon Rondo. He's a little past his prime, but he's a Kentucky guy. He went to the University of Kentucky, and traditionally the Bulls, my favorite team because we don't have a local team, just brings in a parade of all stars of people who play for colleges that I hate. So. That, that was refreshing, and of course, of course, he breaks his thumb, fractures his thumb. So I'm a little bummed about that. Yeah, well, that's the nature of, of any sort of playoffs, right, or any any just sport in general. I mean, we off air, we were talking about my pathetic Raptors, how they got absolutely drubbed by the Milwaukee Bucks yesterday. Like, and I mean drubbed real bad. I, I didn't even want to watch the highlights this morning. I was like, I woke up, looked at the score because I was focusing on other stuff last night, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. All the negativity on sports radio, I'm like, nope, I'm turning into to music stations. I'm turning into, I don't care if it's an all-hit station, all-rock station, whatever. And they're talking about it as well. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm working out with my iPad or my iPhone. That's it. I'm not listening to anything. So, yeah, that was my uh, my morning thus far. Um, a bunch of stuff to talk about uh, before we get to this, uh, to this Nashville card. Uh, there were some things that kind of caught my eye this week that I wanted to get your thoughts on. Uh, first things first, the whole Mayweather versus McGregor. Day saying 100 million for Floyd, 75 million for Conor McGregor. Uh, what did you make of this story? And I mean, those are some big numbers to the point where I think if it happens, bye bye Conor McGregor to MMA. Yeah, that could happen. It's a fair split, though. Um, I would even put it maybe a little more even in McGregor's part because I mean, in the past two years, what outside since the Pacquiao fight, what has Mayweather sold? Jack shit. What has Conor McGregor sold? Everything he's touched. That's just not – I mean, you know, Mayweather's got the, the proven track record before that, though. He's got the record. So you got, you got to do that split. Uh, I think 175 is fine, but I don't necessarily think that Conor McGregor – I think that at his heart he is still a fighter. And he'll, he'll – I, I just – for some reason I think he still might fight. Will he be the same guy? I don't know, but uh, I, th- I think he'll still fight for some reason. I don't know why I, that's in my heart, in my mind, that I think that he'll do that. But, I mean, like you, you see, he, I think he'll be involved to some degree. Did you see the video on Instagram he posted of him giving boxing tips to a guy that reached out to him for help? You can see the well, love. He said it's one of his protégés, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can see the love of the sport inside of him. And that's not something I see from – everybody else or even most people he just has a love for the sport like 
almost like the Michael Jordan thing. I'm not comparing him to Michael Jordan, but when Michael Jordan came back, he came back and played for a million dollars a year and donated that, that million dollars to charity when, when he played for the Wizards. I'm not saying that will be Conor McGregor, but I see a lot of similarities there in their personalities, how competitive uh, they are, how just, just the way that they carry themselves. Yeah, Frank Trigg and I were talking yesterday about money um, and what money does to people. Uh, and, and a guy like Conor McGregor, like you mentioned, the fact that he absolutely loves the sport or loves combat sports, loves fighting in general. Uh, money means nothing in a situation like that. When you're passionate about something, it's what you're going to follow, uh, whether you have money or you don't have money. Now, having a lot of money is, is obviously going to help, but it might actually increase his passion. I just think that it all depends on what he he is thinking about his health uh, moving forward. Because well, you know the, the, the whole point in I think in my opinion I could be completely wrong, and I'm not saying everyone can agree with me on this, but the whole purpose in life, in my opinion, is to follow what you love, follow your passion, do what you love to do, get paid for it, and then when you get paid for it, you can start making some decisions what you want to do with that money. Uh, and when it comes to actually getting punched in the head, Sean, there's oh, other yeah. options. Once you have a lot of money, you don't have to take that sort of concussive blows. And we'll see what kind of a man Conor McGregor is after his child is born. Because believe you me, once you have a child, life changes. Believe me. It, 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 for me, for example, I sold my motorcycle right away. You know, not a, I should say right away. Within a year, my motorcycle was gone. I started looking at life at a completely different perspective. Uh, I live in an area where there's just sell to me. There's a lot of accidents and just drivers are insane. I said, I don't want to be. I want to be around for my son. But I also bought a jet ski, but the jet ski's on the water, got a life jacket on, a little different than being on the street without any sort of protection. But money does sort of change a situation, as does the birth of a child. And I think Conor McGregor is going to be going through that very, very soon. That's very true. You can't argue that. I mean, imminently, really, any week now, right? Yeah. Well, um, no, I think it's another less than a month May? to go, I think, yeah. Yeah, May, yep. they said in May. He thought it was in March, but it looks like May. So, yeah, it, it feels weird that we've been like five, six months without Conor McGregor already because he's every Friday he's been in the news because he and Mayweather know the news cycle and they know when to drop the news about stuff like that on a Friday. That's when it usually yeah. happens. Uh, lots to discuss. Don't forget, guys, girls, if you're tuned in live right now, uh, there is a uh, the live chat on the top right-hand side of your screen. Make sure you put up some questions, uh, comments, and suggestions on there for Sean Ross Sapp and I. We will get to them uh, as we go throughout the show. Roy Soria is back. What's up, my man? Jeffrey Mann, what's going on? Uh, Jeffrey Mann says, uh, it's us that got him into MMA. Thanks for everything. Wow. Pleasure's all ours, believe me. Uh, glad you're a fan. Uh, make sure you go back and check out your history, though. Make sure you watch uh, your UFCs and all your old stuff to kind of bring you up to speed on the history. Uh, didn't we have uh, someone, a fan, Sean, or was it you? Someone was watching. What? No, you mentioned to someone, go back and watch UFC 1 all the way until today to sort of get a history of what's happening, and he did it. I Gosh, I can't remember who it was, but uh, I, I love nothing more than when somebody says uh, that our show got them in MMA because – you know, we get more a little more wrestling traffic than we do MMA traffic, but I, I've had I've heard that probably a dozen times. I mean, that makes me happy because I love MMA. Uh, watching an MMA event is like a day off for me. Not to say that watching wrestling is a chore necessarily, but there's very rarely when there's a UFC show, even this show, even this Nashville show, I'm looking forward to, to some degree. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Casey Walton, uh, you want to get to this? Actually, we will get to this right now before we get into the UFC Nashville stuff. Um, obviously, there's been a change right now with the World Series of Fighting. Uh, it's you know, more of a professional fighters league. Uh, and Casey Walton wants to know, kind of playing off the topic that we had mentioned, speaking of millions in MMA, what's your take on the change of WSOF, World Series of Fighting, to the new professional fighters league and the season slash monthly paycheck format sean hold your breath hold your breath only because i just want to say that you know it is the ifl uh version 2.0 in my opinion sort of uh it didn't work in the past i don't know if it's going to work now but they, technically they, they don't have really anything to lose right now because they were never really number two in the mma landscape so maybe why not try something different well they might have blogway ivanov andre harrison and justin gaethje to lose because I wonder if they talk to these guys about that at all. I wonder, like, what's – they've got that to lose. David Tease, our lead MMA writer, said it best. I said, David, 
could you go ahead and get this article about World Series of Fighting changing to this whatever the hell it is? He said, do you want me to go ahead and get the article about when they shut down too? <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting – listen, I, I get it. It, it's. I, I don't think it's going to work. I do wish them the best of luck, especially from uh, the fighters' perspective, even from the promoters' perspective. Man, when you put your heart on your money in there, you know you, you want a return on your investment. You just got to be smart about it. I just think that. I hate to say it, and, I, and I've said it a million times. The proper way of promoting mixed martial arts. Uh, it's. It's. I mean, on this very computer that I am looking at right now, I have a system that I developed a very long time ago. I'm going to say 2000 and. Nine, if I, I mean, I, I can look for the file. But probably 2009 is when I put it all together, and it's simple. It's a feeder system to the UFC. It was something I had pitched to Tom Wright, UFC Canada. He clearly had no idea what I was talking about. I mean, I think history has proven. Anyways, I should I should watch my words there. But you know, it's a system that was very very simple, uh, and there's still no promoter out there today that is doing it. Uh, I think it's baffling. The worst part for me, Sean Rossap, is I live in a province that will not allow me to put on mixed martial arts events in a manner that will build local fighters and get them to the UFC. It's just you, you can't hold events here in Ontario. It's just it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, there, there there are a lot of places like that. Like it's so funny because pro wrestling. Everybody wants to go across the river in Ohio to do it because it's not regulated and you don't have to have all the stupid-ass red tape. MMA, everybody that promotes MMA, uh, at least amateur, wants to come to Kentucky because in Ohio it's like kickboxing with wrestling. That's it. You can't – like no elbows, no knees. you got to wear like shin guards, stuff like that. It's funny the way that that works for commissions, how lax they are on one thing and how strict they are on another. It's weird. Yeah. The commission here is just, it's something else. It's been going back since the 80s. So, uh, and I don't have time to waste and, and, and go back and try and discuss it with them. It's just a joke. So, uh, it's unfortunate because I probably make a lot of money. And yeah. I'm sure Jimmy Van would love to get involved with that. But what's, what's really the point? I'm not, I'm not going to bother doing it. Uh, another story that came out uh, recently was um, that I don't know if you heard about it the Taeyun Bang and, and uh, Leo Kuhn story about yeah. fight fixing potentially in South Korea. Uh, Bang is being investigated by uh, the South Korean. Uh, I guess, police over there. Uh, listen, when it comes to fight fixing and when it comes to fixing fights in mixed martial arts, it's it could be a far more prevalent than in any other sport because in any other sport, for example, you can use the NBA, NFL, NHL, basketball at a high level. These guys are making killer money. You, it's just not going to happen. It's much harder to convince one player uh, or a bunch of players, excuse me, to throw a game uh, where the bookies can, can sort of capitalize on that as opposed to MMA where it's just one person that you have to convince to throw the fight. And chances are if you're trying, it's that person isn't making a lot of money and the opportunity for them to bet on their opponent to make a lot more money instead can easily be convinced. Uh, you would hope there's integrity involved, but you know it's 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 it, it can be more prevalent. I'm, I'm surprised that this is the first time it's really uh, well. I should say the first time it, it's coming out, but you know I don't think it's as bad as in the Zufa era. Right yeah, yeah, and the Zufa. Remember Zufa's. You know when Zufa was the owners of the Ultimate Fighting Championship, they took that. You know the the, the fact that. You know, station casinos. That's that's the Fertitta's bread and brother. They are bread and butter. They don't mess around with that that license. Uh, the, the the gaming license. So it's a different story that way. This event or this this sort of report happened when they had the event in South Korea. So, mm-hmm. well, I, I think that maybe be maybe is a good thing because if if you're not getting away with it in South Korea, then you're probably you're definitely not getting away with it in America. Like that was probably the place to do it is in South Korea if there was a situation. Now, I remember that day when the odds swing happened and everybody's like, what's going on here? What is up with yeah. this? And, uh, yeah, that that was, that was, that set off alarms. And credit to the UFC. The UFC went to both fighters and said, I don't know what kind of shit you're pulling, but don't do it. So, I, hey, I've got a lot of – and in South Korea – Maybe that gets swept under the rug, but with the UFC, nothing does. Now, there are fighters like Sean Salmon, who I absolutely believe are throwing fights on the regional circuit. Uh, I mean, tapping out to heel hooks in 20 seconds against absolute scrub-a-dub-dubs on the regionals. (laughs) Uh, Bob Sapp admitting he was doing it. The difference with Bob Sapp is he was doing it technically where it's not illegal. 
uh, in places without commissions. He would get punched in the face and fall down. And I'll always remember the quote that he had to Ariel Hawani, who was peppering him and peppering him. And Ariel should have peppered him. But he said, I have friends who are still fighting and they probably have brain damage and I've retired comfortably. So, I mean, you can see why this sometimes happens. Now, to Bob Sapp's credit, did it in places without athletic commissions, didn't do it in the UFC. Who knows what the hell went on in Pride? I don't even want to don't even want to approach that but this was really the first time since Zufa had taken over that we had heard anything like this besides some idiotic stuff from people who didn't know any better but this is the first time we'd really really heard something so i mean it seems like they i mean it didn't affect anything apparently yeah it's still he still won the fight i think it was a split decision that he won yep yeah, so, I mean, uh, you know, C. Phoenix is on the live chat right now saying Pride was known for this as well, correct? Uh, yeah, there, there, there was always um, accusations of, of, of fights that were sort of already word in wrestling, Sean. It's already booked. It's already taken care of. It's This is how the result is going to be? Yep. Yeah, so there, there, there was always, you know, it, it's Japan, you know. Uh, I've been there. Uh, not that, I, uh, you know, when I, when I was working for Ryzen, not that I was ever privy to anything that would say, okay, don't worry, this fight here is going to end up this way here. Yeah, it, it never happened. I, I went there, did my job, came home. So uh, did what I had to do. Uh, I, I'm not even going to bother pronouncing the name here, but it is 007, ending in 007, Chael versus Tito. I don't believe that was a fix. Uh, I don't believe yeah. that was a fix whatsoever. Uh, I think Chael just, his head wasn't in that fight the minute he stepped into that cage. Payday. Yeah, payday. It happens. It's uh, the other thing, Sean, is, is how many times, not to say that there are fights that are fixed, but you and I have discussed it before, where you've seen fighters basically you know, look for that way out. And the easiest way to look for oh, that yeah. way out is to get taken down on the ground, give up your back, choke, don't defend the choke as much. And as soon as it's, it's on, tap, tap, tap. Yeah, the funniest is when people accuse the Kimbo and Ken Shamrock fight of being a fix. And I was like, well, guys, I know this is hard to imagine, and it's hard for me to even say, but Ken Shamrock didn't know how to put on a rear naked choke. That's what happened. <laughs> That's what happened. Uh, yeah. I, that it boggles my mind. I can't believe it. It's maybe the most elementary choke in MMA, and he didn't know how to do it right. Uh, Thirty years into the game, so yeah, it whatever. is funny. Uh, Thirty years into the game, you talk about boggling your mind. The day we got the news on the UFC broadcast that the upcoming event one day would be in Nashville with Artem Lobov headlining. Versus Cub Swanson, I I I WhatsApped you right away. I, I I could scroll to see if I could find out what your reply was, but it was it was epic to say the least, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, other than more, it was more than a WTF. It was you know, I did the WTF. I'm pretty sure. But uh, for those that don't know, Sean Rossap has a theory as to why this fight was put together as the headline. Oh, it's not a theory. It's not a theory. We know why it was put together. But before we talk about this, no Jones Cormier. What, what's up with that? All right. So Jones Court. Yes. Okay. So well, there's two things I actually want to talk about. I thought I just transitioned over to, to Nashville. Jones Cormier potentially be going down at UFC 214. There's still talk that John Jones may want a tune-up fight. There's talk John Jones doesn't want a tune-up fight. There's talk Daniel Cormier doesn't want to fight John Jones. He wants to fight uh, Jimmy Manoa. Uh, there, there's a bit of a, a strange uh, MMA Bermuda Triangle happening here. Um First of all, what do you think is going to happen? I still think it's going to be Jones versus Cormier, in my opinion. Uh, and if Cormier does defeat him, I think he retires. Uh, then again, there, there's money for a trilogy fight. There's money in, in a Manoa fight, but there's so much because that that's all that Daniel Cormier needs to do right yeah. now, in my opinion, is, is to defeat John Jones, and he can call it a career. He doesn't have to worry about going out and potentially losing to him a third time. But if there's ever a good time to fight John Jones. I know it's potentially bad timing for, for Daniel Cormier in July because he's getting married in May. Uh, I'm sure he's going to fatten himself up with the wonderful food he's going to have at his wedding and then on the honeymoon. But yeah, there's a good time to fight John Jones. You saw what John Jones looked like people layoff. There's a good time potentially to take on John Jones and have a good chance of defeating him. It would be upon his return. Uh, I'd be the first guy to fight him. What say you, sir? Uh, to be fair, and we'll talk about Ovin St. Preux later, when uh, when John Jones broke down Ovin St. Preux's game, you really saw how smart John Jones was to the MMA game. I think it was on the Joe Rogan podcast. He said, 
I had a tough time with Ovent St. Prue because Ovent St. Prue has a tough time with himself. He doesn't know what he's going to do next. And he said some fighters, even though he's been in the game for a long time, are really raw and still really green, and that's him. He doesn't – like. and Daniel Cormier is not raw and green, and because he's not raw and green, he's developed tendencies for better or for worse, and John Jones is able to pick on those tendencies. Now, that first fight was an absolute wash. They'll try to make you think it was closer than it really was, but John Jones was cruising in that fight. Daniel Cormier had nothing for Jones. But here's the thing. Where Jones should be in his prime – we don't know if he'll be in his prime because we don't know really what he looks like, what he's been doing, how, how he's taking care of himself since then. We knew how he did ahead of I the saw, When I saw him in Buffalo, yeah. he looked fantastic. He looked like he was in shape, but looking like you're in shape versus fighting, yeah. completely different. Yeah, and Daniel Cormier, I really feel like if Rumble Johnson would have thrown hands, he would have won that fight. Unquestionably, I think he would have won that fight. And that's no slight on Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier is great. He is, if Anthony Johnson is still around, he is the second or third best light heavyweight in the world. And on any given day, I think any of those three, well, except for Cormier beating Jones, I think Cormier could beat Rumble, Rumble could beat Jones, Jones could beat Rumble, like that. Now Rumble's out of the equation. Oh, man. And the thing is, if if Cormier wins and retires, John Jones is – do you think John Jones would go after the light heavyweight title again, or do you think he'd bump up to heavyweight? If he was to lose to DC, he'd go after the title. He'd go after the title, and then some way, somehow, he's going to go to heavyweight regardless. In my opinion, yeah. he will go to heavyweight. Uh, I don't know if it's sooner rather than later, but he will go to heavyweight soon, yeah. Uh, C. Phoenix says, did Rumble throw that fight? Many seem to think so. I, I liked Elias's response. He did in some manner by not being in the fight. That, that's that's the way I'd like to put it. Uh, he you know he landed a big head kick. There was a lot more he could do to win that fight. Like I said, that was among UFC title fights. That is one or maybe two among the worst game plans I've ever seen in UFC championship fight history. Right up there with uh, Katzengano, in my opinion. Uh, like it, among among the worst ever. So, uh, like, I hope the fight happens because, and you know, the UFC's got to want it to happen because their their pay per view business has not been hot this year. Like, I've used this term before; they emptied the cupboard last year, late last year, but they didn't expect that cupboard to stay empty for as yeah. long as it did. And they're starting to get it back. Like next month's pay per view, this Miocic Dos Santos is going to be a killer, but it's going to do in the mid three hundreds. It's not going to if do they're lucky. Well. Yeah, yeah, it'll do the mid-300s if they're lucky, even though that is an amazing card, one of the best cards you'll see all year. So they, they need Cormier versus Jones. I think probably Dana White has told them, so we need you guys for this. But what do they put above it? Because Dana White said that's not going to be the main event. He Maybe. won Connor, right? He won Connor, and apparently yep. Woodley's in camp. Allegedly. Can you imagine if Woodley headlines over DC and Jones? Come on. Yeah, I would. Hey, personally, I, I don't see the appeal. I mean, maybe, maybe Conor McGregor said, oh, GSP's back, huh? He wants to do that three title thing, huh? We'll see about that. <laughs> and then he decided to do it. But I think Tony Ferguson, Conor McGregor is one that you could do above DC Cormier. Yeah. Well, and Conor McGregor versus anyone in that in that division for sure. Uh, yeah, I totally Conor McGregor versus me. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, the live the live chat right now is on fire. Uh, I cannot keep up. Uh, I may have to scroll through when you're giving some of Good your thing thoughts. I have but, some water. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I will not be able to keep up with all of the the stuff that's going on right there. But thank you, you guys. Uh, I'll try and get to some of them as I scroll through here. Um, the Ultimate Fighter Redemption. Um, number one, I want to know if you watched it. Just say yes or no. No, I'm going to. Okay, so can I talk about it? Because I might spoil some stuff for you. Yeah, hell yeah, you can talk about it. Um, obviously, being a guy that's been around the television business for, for quite some time, uh, the better part of, of 20 years or so, I, I never want, I mean, I, there's small things that annoy me. 
Uh, and there are things that sometimes I want to grab my big screen TV, rip it off the wall, and smash it into bits when I see things happen that drive me up the wall. Um, you know, in, in life, especially when you are kind of gifted the opportunity, gifted a second opportunity at something you want so bad that you've worked so hard to get, it fell through your fingers, and now out of nowhere you get that opportunity to do it and to see how easily it can be lost and screwed up drives me up the wall. Uh, I don't know what you know about the show, but there was a fighter. Maybe I won't say the name. Guys on the, on the chat, don't say it in case Sean doesn't know who it is. I don't care. I don't care about spoilers for this show. Hector Urbina mm-hmm. destroyed himself. He got booted off the show. Got booted what, off the what show. What did he do? Supposed that the show is to compete at 170 pounds. Yeah, the day he couldn't make weight. Not only could he not make weight, he was over 184. He was at 184 pounds. He was 14 pounds overweight the day before the weigh-in. Wow, this is a guy. guy, Well, this is also a guy who got had his last fight like last September, lost in a minute. And he, he was on a two-fight losing skid. Had like he, he got put in the UFC for, for obvious reasons. He was on uh, the, Me- the, the Latin America finale, and he was in the, on the Mexico City card. Like, you know the score. You know why they put him on, this, on, on those events. And he pisses it away. He's 17 and 10. He's, he's not going to get this opportunity again, probably. No, no. Uh, Vinny, Vinny just posted 188.4. I thought it was 184.9. I could be, Vinny, you could be right. Don't, don't, my, my brain is kind of uh, rattled doesn't right now. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He missed weight. Oh, man. He's supposed to make 170. Like 14 yeah. or 18 pounds over on a show that you knew you were coming on for the final opportunity. Uh, listen, and whatever could be, could have gone on in Hector's life leading up to that show, I don't know what it is. But you got to just pull the strings, man. You got to put it together and realize this is it. Any outside factors, if possible, they need to be removed. They need to be eliminated. You need to show up to that show and realize for the next six weeks, your life is going to suck. But if you suffer and you sacrifice, there could be a massive. And lo and behold, he's, he got replaced. Uh, he was replaced on the show, unfortunately, for James Krause, who was going to be his opponent. The fight got moved. So there's a bit of drama there. Uh, and, and I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, there was one point, and, and we saw some of the, the gifts online or the memes online, uh, of the, the throat grab of Cody Garbrandt grabbing the neck of TJ Dillashaw. Man, Sean Rossap, if you saw the hatred, the lips, the lips on Cody grab Garbrandt when he just – Reached out, and he called it the eagle grabbing the snake by the throat. It was just vicious. And I love both guys. Uh, I love both guys big time. But, oh, my God, that was pretty awesome. I saw a picture that somebody sent Cody Garbrandt of Dillashaw with a penis head on his head. And I was like, yeah, I'm watching The Ultimate Fighter now. That's it. That's it. And Dillashaw responded to it, and I was like, this is the best feud right now. I'm a- you got me. You hooked me, Photoshopper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the show. I'm looking forward to the show. I mean, I've got friends competing in that house. Uh, obviously, I don't know any of the results. I don't know what's going to happen. I had someone ask me on, on Twitter uh, today, or asked both of us, actually, what, what, you know, what do we think about Joe Daddy? What are his chances? Uh, I personally don't like Joe's chances. He's the smallest guy in the house, in my opinion. Um, you know, but based on the, on the clips that they show at the end of every season premiere this year or this season on the ultimate fighter booze shit hits the fan again. And it's the same characters all over uh, again. Yeah. I'm fond of James Krause. So I hope he does well. Yeah. James is a good guy. The reason why I I like James is every time he cornered a guy uh, in Titan. And this was before I got, I started doing the play by play for Titan. I was the cage side reporter and backstage reporter. And one of the things that I would do is, you know, uh, if the camera's going to the red corner, I'm going to go to the blue corner and talk to the, uh, to the corner man after he gives the advice to the fighter and give a report as to what they would, what they want and what they expect and my thoughts and then get whomever, you know, Kamara Usman's thoughts, James Krause, every time that that situation was over. I didn't even have to ask John. He would just come down, put his armor on me. He's like, "Told him this. He needs to do this. 
He's got to do that. If he doesn't, we're in big trouble. Or if he does, we're winning this fight this round here. And I'm like, that's great. Yeah, back to the producer. I got my report. James Cross and look at, man, look at so. the two people. Look at the two people who's been cornering lately, especially uh, Megan Anderson, Zach Cummings. How they doing? They're doing pretty hot right now. Yeah, yeah. Cross is the man. Uh, I think Cross is absolutely fantastic. Uh, C Phoenix is saying Garbrandt is a bit of a heel uh, in the show. Sean, I want to get. You, this is the reason why I asked if you had seen it because Garbrandt is coming out as the heel here. You know, TJ, it appears right now, is yeah. you know, the editing is making him look all professional. Uh, but Cody doesn't give a beep right now. I wouldn't either if I had a performance like that over Dominic Cruz, to be honest with you. I wouldn't give a shit what anybody had to say. If you were able to walk in and do that to Dominic Cruz, if Dominic Cruz were 50 years old and I were able to do that, I'd feel the same way. Like, that was that was that was an all-time great title fight performance, in my opinion. That was epic, and I was in Japan for that, so I wasn't able to watch it until I got home. You man, uh, oh, it was it was that was so beautiful. Uh, quick story, guys. All you guys in the live chat, I love you. Thank you so much. Keep it going. Uh, and like I always say on every one of these podcasts, if you guys can do me just one favor, one favor, tell one friend. Tell one friend that you're on the Fightful MMA podcast, live chatting. You love this podcast. That's all I ask. Have them come and join you as well. Just tell one friend. That's all I'm asking. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. One friend, have them join us. We'll have a great time here. A quick story, though. Well, I'm asking about- you to tell 10 friends. 10. <laughs> 10. If they're dead, use, use a diving rod. Figure out the right dimensions. Get your shovel. Leave a note. Watch the Fightful MMA podcast. You need medical attention. It's pretty simple. Right away. You need medical attention, Sean. Come on. Come on. All right. Can I give you a quick story about Cordy Garbrandt? Hell yeah, you can. So our August 2014 at the time was my last – the last time UFC Central or the Sportsnet was credentialed uh, for a, um, an Ultimate Fighting Championship pay-per-view event. Uh, and I called up Uriah Faber, and I said, hey, man, we're obviously going to be in Sacramento. Uh, any chance uh, I can come see you guys, uh, just get some footage. Uh, maybe you can co-host the full show with me and the radio show and blah, blah. And he's like, dude, what time do you want to be there? I said, what time does the gym open? You know, I'll be there on Wednesday or whatever. And he's like, come here. I'll be here. Someone will be here to open the door for you. Don't worry. Come by there. Okay, no problem. So I get there. Crew, me, my camera guy, my, my producer, we get there, Sean, and guys in the chat and uh, everyone listening in. I get there, and we're setting up shop. You know, I'm all dressed up, and some kid, neck tattoo, comes up to me, and he says, hi, how are you? I said, I'm not bad. How are you? This guy's ripped. I'm looking. I'm thinking this guy trains here. I have no idea who he is. And he's like, uh, you know, puts his hand up. He goes, hi, my name is Cody. I said, how are you doing, Cody? He's like, uh, yeah, I train here. You know, I'm, I'm hoping one day to become, uh, you know, one day to get to the UFC. He goes, I heard, uh, you know, I know who you are sort of thing and and blah, blah. And, and I had this car, and I had no idea who this guy was. And I'm looking around. Can somebody tell me who this is? Like, this guy is so nice. He stayed there the whole time until Uriah showed up. At the time, Dwayne Ludwig showed up. Uh, TJ showed up. Chad Mendes showed up and, and, and just made sure. He goes, can I get you guys some water? Can I get, you know, there's, there's a restaurant. If you guys are hungry down the road, you want coffee, go to the left, blah, blah. I'm like, who is this guy? I thought he was just one of those, you know, when you go to a gym, Sean, that, that guy that starts off there, he's the guy washing the mats, scrubbing the toilets. I'm like, I'm like, who is this guy? And, you know, and then I was watching him train. I'm like, this kid's pretty good. Like I had no idea that it was Cody Garbrandt one day, future UFC Bantamweight champion after in between shoots in between his training at the end of his training he's coming over here he's coming over to us he's like can I get you guys some water anything you guys need you guys having a good time everything okay uh you, you need anywhere to go tonight let me know I can help you guys out and I'm like I don't I want to hug this kid who is this kid I love him this guy's amazing you know it seems oh, like it's, and now, now I don't yeah. know if it's a, it's a Uriah Faber Institute thing I was never in a fraternity my best friend was and 
like he was the pledge. Like he was the guy trying to get into the fraternity. He was endearing himself. And if, you know, one of the one of the Theta Chi guys at Moorhead State University were drunk, they weren't driving drunk. They were calling up one of the pledges and saying, hey, bro, come pick me up. One of those things. The funny thing about Uriah Faber, in pro wrestling, we call it the rub. The rub. Uh, Roman Reigns wasn't getting over with the fans. So after a Royal Rumble win, they had The Rock come in and raise his hand and point at him and say, this is the guy. This is the guy. And the crowd booed the shit out of him. Doesn't always work. <laughs> it's so funny that Uriah Faber, he does that for his guys too. He said, this TJ Dillashaw, he's the guy. He's the guy. But it worked. He became champion. And then after that happened and he lost to Cruz, Uriah Faber said, here's the guy. His name's Cody Garbrandt. Cody, no love. And people were like, yeah, not yet, buddy. Not yet. Pump your brakes. Uh, it, it, no, it was not too soon. It was just the right time. So that guy, he's if, – if I'm him, I look at him almost like as, as if I'm a young fighter. I look at him like John Calipari from my Kentucky Wildcats. Like the methods may be a little different, maybe a little controversial. It's not for everybody, but he prepares people for that next level. He gets them, he gets them ready because with all due respect to TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt, I don't know if they'd be there. Uh, elsewhere, I think that was the right system for for Cody Garbrandt, especially. You look at his personality. What system would have fit him better than the Team Alpha Male system? It was, it was phenomenal. They're saying that there needs to be a Sean Ross app or Sean Ross SAP app. The hell these guys doing on the live chat? You guys are out of control, uh, but I love you guys. You guys are awesome. You guys are fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, you want to get into this UFC uh, Nashville situation now? Yeah, let's do it. It's, it's a decent card, in all honesty. It is a good card. I liked it. I penned a piece for FightfulMMA.com, which should be posted likely later on today, if not by tomorrow morning, yeah. uh, with my fun bets. And there aren't many on here because the bookmakers aren't giving us much love or giving us many options in terms of props. But I do want you to explain to people that wonder, why is Artem Lobov in the main event versus Cub Swanson? He is Conor McGregor's main and favorite training partner. That is why. That is the only there reason why. And he's fighting a guy in Cub Swanson who, who's come out, who came off the fight of the year uh, in 2016 uh, versus Duho Choi. Um, I, I, there are no locks in life other than death and taxes. Uh, there are no locks in MMA. Uh, I know people say this is a guaranteed lock. Cub Swanson is going to destroy Artem Lobov. The crazier things have happened in MMA. Okay. Uh, but Cub Swanson, in my opinion, is going to win this fight. Uh, and as long as he doesn't I mean, fight, Nikita Krylov became a top ten UFC fighter, so anything's possible. Yeah, but he's a legend. I, I messaged you the other day, and I said, "Well, I'll get to that when when the OSP." When the OSP <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, is it Cub Swanson, Artem Lobov? Does this thing go twenty five minutes? Hell no, it doesn't go twenty five minutes. But. Uh, I'm not writing Artem Labov off either. I mean, for, for what it's worth, he could throw those hammers and connect with, <laughs> with Swanton's face. I mean, we've seen Swanton knocked out in like eight seconds before. And the thing is, I didn't take Cub Swanson seriously for a long time after that knockout for whatever reason. I just didn't. But, you know, they put him against Chris Avila. They were like, here's a bone, Artem. Here you go. Maybe the worst fighter in recent memory. Here you go. Chris Avila. And that was a smart booking. That was a real smart booking because that was Conor McGregor's boy versus Nate Diaz's boy. So I like that booking. I thought that was smart. Uh, then he beat Ishihara. <laughs> Can't believe it. But it was in, it was in Belfast, so crazy. Uh, Jordan Lane, Jordan be- Lane is, is being flat out honest. What happens if Loboff gets the upset? Uh, I think it'll just be a WTF moment, and we'll go back to, to normal uh, by Tuesday. Yep. Somebody says Lobov versus Khabib, or Habib. Oh, man. Somebody says, if you hang out with the best, you become the best. And no, that's not always the case. <laughs> that is not always the case. No. Oh, uh, man. Thomas T's on there just losing his marbles. I get that. Cool. Um, yeah, guys, live chat. Thank you very much. Um, there's a I lot to talk Cub, about. I think I think Cub Swanson will be smart enough to stay on the outside, pick him apart, throw yes. leg kicks. I think he's he's smart enough to do that. Cub Swanson is an amazing fighter. I don't think he'll make it a 
a Korean zombie, or is it Duho Choi? I can't remember. He fought Duho Choi. I don't think he'll make it that kind of fight. Uh, I think he'll be smart and technical. In the Komei event, Alaya Quinta, who hasn't competed in the Octagon in two years, is the favorite versus Diego Sanchez, who has been active in those two years by going two and two. Uh, and so it's a pretty okay fight, minus that Joe Lozon fight. But I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards Diego Sanchez in this fight. Anytime Diego Sanchez is in a fight, it's a pick em because he makes it a pick em. Because he can go out there and he can do the same thing. He can fight technically, but he don't. He goes out there, he throws. And Ally Quintus coming back, and you know he left for a long time. He wasn't happy with what the UFC paid him. He, he ultimately came back, and he's a top 15 fighter. And Diego Sanchez, he's been almost to the mountaintop. He's had a UFC lightweight championship fight. That was like six years ago, but, I mean, he's been there. He knows what it takes to get to the top. We haven't seen the big fight of the night's out of Sanchez lately in his last fight. A lot of people, uh, you know, I, I, I had, I thought held was going to win, you know, Joe, they, they put him against, you know, Lozon and Miller. Those were great Diego Sanchez bookings. Like those are the kinds of guys you want to put against Diego Sanchez. Cause you expect wars. Ally Quinta. I don't know if we're going to get that war, but, uh, it's going to be a nice gauge to see where Diego is in his career. And, how well Ally Quinta has prepared for this fight after being out for so long. Uh, Adam Ball in the chat, serious question. Oh, you, just, uh, you guys are going so fast, it's moving it up. Uh, serious question, what resource would you guys recommend to a UFC fan that doesn't quite understand the scoring? For now, just Google Unified Rules of Mixed Martial Arts. Uh, yeah. Read through them. They're, they're not lengthy, but they're long enough for you to really get a, a understanding of what needs to happen and what cannot happen uh, in a mixed martial arts fight. If ever... Uh, Adam Ball, if you want to ask that question again, uh, come join me on Thursdays with Frank Trigg, 1230 Eastern. Oh, yeah. um, I'm a certified ref and judge. Frank's a certified ref and judge. Both of us under Big John McCarthy's uh, command course, uh, and we can dissect anything and everything that you like. Frank, obviously more experienced, A, being a fighter, uh, and, and B, he's actually refing right now, uh, especially with Bellator, so, and he refs all the time in California because California has so many fights, whereas in Ontario... There's nothing here. Uh, so, but yeah, we talk about it all the time. We both have uh, my certificates are up on the left or on my left over here. Uh, so yeah, anything you guys want, by all means, we can discuss that definitely Thursdays with Frank Trigg. Uh, let's move on to OSP taking on Marcos Rogerio de Lima. The laughter has already come out of SRS's mouth. Uh, OSP, you want to give that OSP Nikita Krylov? Uh, what's up message you sent me? Guys, so you all have seen, if you've watched the show for a while, you've seen me give Nikita Krylov some some grief. Now, he, he holds a really good pace now. He's gotten much better, but I also didn't take him seriously for a long time. The UFC has released or posted the video of OSP fighting Krylov, and Krylov makes not only a week one mistake, but he, he takes it to another level. When you try to guillotine somebody – and they go and take side control, you got to let go. And that's almost every single new guy that I've seen doesn't know any better, and that's understandable. They hold on to it while the other guy has them in in side control. Why you don't want to do that is because that person can reach their arm underneath your head, apply pressure down, and if you've still got a hold of the guillotine, uh, you put yourself in a Von, Von Flew choke, and you go out. Not only did Krylov do this, but he held it for like, 45 seconds before OSP is like, I'm in the UFC. Is this guy really doing this? <laughs> like, like he thought that he was getting fucked, fucked with. You remember the Gerald Harris slam where the dude yeah. pulled guard and sat there and you could just see him. Is this happening? Did this guy watch any tape? That's what happened. Um, this fight, I think OSP is going to win. Uh, yeah, I think he'll win. Yeah, there aren't many uh, propositions available on a lot of the bookies right now. The, as, as we move down here, the only options you have, uh, ladies and gentlemen, are straight up with your fighter and or over under one and a half rounds or over under two and a half rounds. So um, OSP, I don't trust anymore, but I do trust him versus Marcos. So I think yeah, he does and, and then, here. I think it's going to be an exciting fight too because Marcos does not have 
anything but. I mean, like I think all he's he's had nothing first but round, first round, first first round, round finishes round. in like the last five years, except for I think there was a fight against Ben Reader or something that that went the distance. But other than that, yeah. John Dodson's taking on Eddie Wyland at bantamweight, and John Dodson is apparently saying, "This I, I can't go to the judges." So it's a bantamweight fight, which you know the, the lower the, the the weight classes, the more there's a chance of a fight going the distance. I don't know. I think John Dodson might be possessed. Yeah, and Eddie Wyland is a good case of even if somebody has their foot out the door, you never know what they're capable of because he had his foot out the door multiple times. Yep. He took a he took a year off in to, between 2014 and 15, then took another year off between 15 and 16, then pops up, has performance of the night against Frankie Signs, then kicks Mizugaki the hell out of the UFC, and now he's up there fighting John Dodson. If Eddie Wineland finds a way to defeat John Dodson at like yeah, it's huge. At yeah, and and he's just 32. He'll be 33 this year, but I mean, this is a guy who. I mean, I watched him lose in Cincinnati, and I thought that was it. The Johnny Eduardo fight, I thought he was cooked. He destroyed his jaw. I thought that when I watched him leave, I thought that was the last time we'd ever see him. Uh-uh. And you know, John Dodson is is a guy who knows that with the a good string of wins, he can get a title shot at 135 because people know who he is. Uh, he's got to win this fight, though, to, to stay in that, that title discussion. Yes. Um, lightweight bout between Joe Lozon and Stevie Ray. This could steal fight of the night. This is, go- this is a fantastic matchup, in my opinion. Uh, despite the fact I'm leaning it going towards about 15 minutes. Um, do you like this fight? I like every fight. But, this, this, uh, this card's good, man. It's not bad, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, uh, Stevie Ray has not been a finisher of late, but... You know, Booker T's taking all the glory. He's the WCW champion. He's the WWE Hall of Famer. Stevie Ray is just going to be the patron saint. Oh, different one. That's a bummer. I would. (laughs) Hey, despite how fun Stevie Ray of the UFC is to watch, I would much rather watch Stevie Ray of WCW's Harlem Heat. But, yeah, he's like one. He's won like five of six. But Joe Lozon, he's just. It's so funny because they have like three of those guys around that division. They got the Jim Miller, Joe Lozon, and Diego Sanchez. And if somebody doesn't belong, one of those three guys is going to figure out who it is. Like I can just see one day some guy getting booked against those three guys consecutively and being like, come on. <laughs> like, You're right, yeah. And, but here's the thing. There are very few lightweights that could piece together three straight wins over those three guys regardless of talent level. Like one of those guys is gonna get you somewhere somehow, and it's it's yeah it's it's just funny, but this is gonna be a banger. This is gonna be a good fight. I like it. I really really like it as well as the opening bout of the prelims as well, or opening bout of the main card. Jake Ellenberger and Mike Perry. Uh, I think the over under on this was one and a half. I'm taking the under. I'm taking the under too. Someone's going to sleep. Ellenberger should probably wrestle this guy. Mm-hmm. I think that's sound advice, that. if you ask me. Yeah, but I don't think he wants to go toe to toe with Mike. I mean, a lot of respect for Jake Ellenberger. He basically begged for his job back, fought Matt Brown, and they were, he was like, "Okay, I'll do it." Had a great, great fight, and then the unfortunate incident in his last fight in December, where his foot got caught in the cage. That sucks. This is. This is your typical star building fight. Like they want to build up Mike Perry. He didn't do too hot in his last fight. He came on and you know he was fighting like every single month it seemed like. And now the UFC's like, "Okay, let's slow it down. Let's slow it down. You lost one." Uh so yeah, I think Mike Perry gets it done. Unless Jake Ellenberger employs his wrestling. If Jake Ellenberger employs wrestling, maybe a bad night for Perry. Well, according to Ole, Sammy Ole, he's taken this uh, three-round boring decision. I, I don't think it's going to be boring. I, I really don't think it's going to be Mike boring. I think Mike Perry can have boring fights. Yeah, uh, I, I absolutely concur. Jordan Lansing and Perry with the KO. Uh, all right, prelim card both on Fox Sports 2 uh, and the preliminary card on UFC Fight Pass. A variety of different fights there. Uh, let's do some rapid fire here if you'd like to real quick there, Sean. Uh, Thalas Latis uh, taking on Sam Alvey. I'm leaning towards Sam. 
you know, in a yeah, 50 minute I, decision. I think this will be. I think this could be an exciting fight too. I don't know though because you know Talos Leites does have that history. He is a fantastic Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. Early on in his return to the UFC, like I want to say four years ago, it's like he discovered that he could kickbox. Like he figured out that he could stand, and he had some pretty decent striking, and he he used that a lot. Now, granted, against the guys that he's faced lately, Musashi, Bisping, Jocko, um, that's a that's a tough that's a tough go of it. They they peppered in a Chris Camozzi to throw him a bone, but I I, I think Sam Alvey's going to take it. But this could be a situation where we see uh, Thalys Latez's last fight, or maybe see a Patrick Cote situation where he calls it a career if he doesn't do it, do too well. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me uh, at all. Uh, I just think that he, he cannot get into a, a stand-up battle with Sam Alvey. He'll lose that, yeah. in my opinion. He's got to get this fight down on the ground and control Sam and look for his opportunity for a submission. If not, I think Sam Alvey will punish him if he chooses not to do so. Flyweight bout, Dustin Ortiz taking on Brandon Moreno. Uh, I'm leaning fight. towards Brandon. Yeah, It's a good fight. I like it. I mean, it could go either way, but if I'm going to have to pick someone, uh, I'll go with Brandon right now. Brandon Moreno at 23 years old. Could be in line for a title shot with a win over Dustin Ortiz. No, three straight wins. Yeah, that's, nah, that's... we still got uh, the Sergio Pettis and Henry sure. Cejudo situation to get. Sure, to. but what happens if Cejudo wins? I cry. I mean, like Cejudo's striking was very much improved in his last fight, but oof, that was a beatdown of epic proportions against Mighty Mouse. Anything can happen. Very true. Anything's possible. Yeah. Uh, Scott Holtzman's a massive favorite versus Michael McBride. Uh, understandably so. I will go with Scott in this one. Yep, me too. I'll go with Panay over Danielle Taylor too. I well, She's a slight favorite. Uh, I don't know what to expect, expect with Jessica anymore because she's been around the game for a long time. I'm not saying you know that, that fight with Johanna changed her, but I don't know, man. Daniel Taylor, Jessica Penny. I'm actually looking forward to that fight. Alexis Davis versus the debuting uh, Cindy Dandois. Obviously, Alexis Davis is a massive favorite in here. Uh, I, I don't know, man. I, Cindy striking isn't the greatest. Yeah. She likes to go down to the ground. She's finished girls on the ground. I like this fight, to be honest with you. I'm intrigued to see where where it will actually take place because you got a judoka and Sydney Dandewa that'll be more than happy to throw Alexis Davis around. Alexis Davis will be more than happy to stand and bang with her and go down to the ground with her. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if there's more, if there's someone who's has, who has more ways to win in this fight. I think it is Alexis and that's why she's a minus 278 favorite and Sydney Dandewa just making her, her, you know, UFC debut 32 years old, if I'm not mistaken, not an easy thing to do. But I can't see a definitive winner in this fight. I can't see it just yet. I'm shocked. Uh, Alexis Davis is from Canada. I thought that would be the the deciding factor. <laughs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm always uh, – that's what it boils down to. If you're Canadian, it bypasses your striking, your grappling, and your submission, and your, and your record. If you're Canadian, I'm going to pick you. Not in this fight here. I, I, I'm really intrigued with Cindy Dandois, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, I like this fight. Also, the Danielle Taylor fight, I mentioned – that's probably going to be a messy fight. She makes fights messy. Uh, the Alexis Davis, Cindy Dandois one. Yeah, Alexis Davis has one win in over three years. So that, that plays into my mind too. Like, what happens? Like, what she, she takes like a year off uh, before her last fight, and she, or she took a year and a half off, and she got beat. She got beat by, she got muscled by Sarah McMahon. So, much like the Diego Sanchez fight, this is a good um, a good way to gauge where she is, and I think Danois is the right opponent for that because if you make a mistake on the ground, Danois is going to tap you out. Yeah, but Davis has that black belt, so and she's got, she's more than happy to stand and bang. So Wilson uh, Hayes had a black belt too, but that's Money Mouse Johnson. Come on, he might he might have got it taken away. That's a guy that. we're talking about uh, in the goat. Did you hear? Did you listen to the goat conversation that I had with Frank Trigg on yesterday's podcast? I did. I did. Yeah, for those that missed it, uh, I would highly recommend going back and listening um, to the debate that Frank and I had about Mighty Mouse, where he stands with the likes of George St. Pierre, John Bones Jones, uh, and Anderson Silva. Uh, I don't want to give it away, uh, but some some good points made by Frank, uh, which kind of, you know, I love being educated, I love being proven wrong, because then I learn. 
And not that he proved me wrong. I didn't prove him wrong. We just got into a good debate, and we just at the very end said, yeah, I'm not going to give it away. Go back and watch it if you can, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, your boy, Brian Barberina, taking on Joe Proctor. Uh, yeah, I'm going with Barberina in this fight. Love this kid. Yeah, me too. Going Barberina, uh, Joe Proctor, another guy who hasn't, hasn't fought like regularly. hasn't fought in a year and a half. So he hasn't won oh, wow. in like two years. So that, that, that always raises questions to me. I know that Dominic Cruz says that ring rust is a myth, but everybody's not Dominic Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there are certain elect, elite fighters that can get past uh, the ring rust, cage rust. Uh, and not many can do it. Uh, it, is, it is a fact. It happens in all sports. Uh, there's a different type of cardio that, that is built and a different type of adrenaline that is built in live competition versus, you know, the practice realm. Uh, and kicking off the UFC prelim or fight pass prelims will be Hector Sandoval taking on Matt Schnell. Virtually a pick em fight. Sandoval is a slight favorite. This one is a coin flip, if you ask me, Sean. Yeah, I agree. Flyweight fights at that level are kind of hard to pick. The, the division, despite it being like, what, four or five years old, is still like really forming. It's just crazy to think. Yeah, it's but it's 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 a division like heavyweight, in my opinion, that can fluctuate at any time, with the exception yeah. of of Demetrius Johnson at the top. There, you know, the guys can come in there uh, and wreak havoc and, and sort of move up there. But there's so many moving parts, uh, and heavyweight things can change and stay the same <laughs> all at the same time. So uh, they're interesting, you know. Most men aren't that big enough and that athletic enough to compete at, a, at, at over 205 pounds, whereas most men uh, – well, I shouldn't say most men. If, if you start looking at you know the history of boxing uh, and over in, in, in Asia, you know there's a lot of small fighters that have immaculate talent uh, that could actually come in and, and be infused into the UFC. I just – you know they're, they're, I don't know if they're tied up with, with 1FC or anything like that, but there's some good talent out there that could come in and challenge Demetrius Johnson or, or at least challenge the top 10 guys. Uh, in this division, but it is what it is. Uh, before we let you go, Mr. Sean Ross Sapp, what is going on for you this weekend, sir? We got uh, Carlos Toro at the Barclays Center covering boxing. Have some interviews up with that. Of course, uh, that Jimmy Van podcast taking off on the wrestling side. Check out our post-Monday Night Raw, post-Smackdown shows. Uh, this week with Matt Riddle was a lot of fun. It was our 420 Blaze-tacular, where it's basically <laughs> me harassing him for an hour for using chewing tobacco while I drank a diet soda, which I think is, I thought it was funny. There was a guy who got kind of mad about it, but uh, no Shane Helms podcast this week. Uh, he's dealing with the loss of his former tag team partner, Matt Anawaii. Uh, so extend your condolences to him for that. He's also in Orlando doing impact wrestling. He wanted to do the show and I was like, man, let's take the week off. We were able to slide in a J.J. Dillon podcast, a retro podcast, which drops tomorrow, where he talks about transitioning from WWF to WCW in the middle of the Monday Night Wars. So if you're a wrestling fan, go check that out. Of course, tons of MMA, wrestling content, news, photos, videos, podcasts, interviews, coverage. We got that Strauss Pitbull 74 coverage tonight. The damn website. I get lost in the website sometimes. You know, I sit there yeah. and I'm like, oh, I didn't see that. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, look at this. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Then I look at the top right of my screen. I look at the time. I'm like, holy smokes, that was an hour and a half on Fightful. Holy jeez. Well, so, you know, we got a lot you know, of stuff. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. But uh, before we say goodbye, I do want to say thank you to everybody on the live chat. Thank you to everyone who joins us every single day, uh, especially today uh, for the Fightful MMA podcast. We do thank you very much. Make sure you follow Sean uh, via social media, at Sean Ross app. Uh, He posts just random pictures of a cat sleeping on a couch, one of his six cats, I believe. Yeah, it's the first time I let a cat uh, hang out in my office during a podcast, and she was very well behaved. She, yeah, well, cats don't really do much. I, I, we still have a cat. Oh, they mind. Yes, some do. Love to cry, baby. Love that guy. I got stories about my cat. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, fantastic stuff, Sean. Make sure you guys follow him online at Sean Rossap, especially on his on his timeline for for Twitter. He's just a mess. He's honestly, I just sometimes I look, I shake my head. I'm like, that's my boy though. Like, there's nothing I can do. He's a mess. He's a disaster. Follow yours truly at Showdown Joe. Give us give the site a follow at Fightful May. Make sure you click like or check mark that you love us on YouTube. Uh, to those of you listening on iTunes uh, and Stitcher later on, we thank you 
specifically as well. FightfulMMA.com for all of your mixed martial arts news. Monday will be a surprise guest because Monday is moving forward, ladies and gentlemen. We will have Patrick the Predator Cote join me, usually around 10 a.m. Eastern, uh, but he's going on a vacation, a retirement vacation with his family, uh, so he's going to enjoy that. Hopefully he's not too fat when he comes back on Monday because I already gave him crap that he better work out before he comes back on the air. We had a long conversation <laughs> about working out. So, uh, yeah, we we want to thank. We will have a surprise guest come join me on Monday. But we do thank everyone for their time. Uh, enjoy your weekends. There will not be a post uh, Loboff Swanson podcast <laughs> with Sean Rossap and I. So tomorrow, Sean. Yeah, I I, if if Loboff wins, I might just pop on and do one myself. I might. Um, okay. So full disclosure. Because Sean Rossap and I decided that there's likely not going to be a podcast tomorrow night. I am going to a annual rib fest. That's some very close friends of mine, uh, about 25 minutes outside of here. they got a four-acre beautiful house, a property, uh, a beautiful house on a four-acre property where all the couples and boys and the kids all get together. It'll be a rib fest. Uh, it's supposed to start I'm at jealous. 4 p.m. Well, it's supposed to start at 4 p.m., Sean Ross Sapp. Uh, I've been told I need to be there by 2 p.m., which means by the time Jeez. everyone else shows up, I don't know what type of condition um, I'll be in. And my wife basically gave me a, a – not a hall pass, but to say, have some fun. You deserve it. Just enjoy yourself. And I'm like, well, what if Sean Ross Sapp texts me and says, we got to go live because I won't be able to watch the UFC event, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, not there. Uh, but uh, if, if it, just pay attention to Sean's timeline uh, if he decides to go live. But uh, I'm going to enjoy myself. And then come Sunday morning, no matter how I feel, Mr. Sean Ross Sapp, I will begin to enjoy the UFC that happened oh, yeah. the day before. Uh, and hopefully my Maple Leafs will still be in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, Raptors getting killed. Leafs uh, 2-2 with Washington. Your Columbus Blue Jackets. I don't want to talk about it. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, have yourselves a wonderful weekend. We do thank you for joining us uh, live on the chat for now. I'll see you guys all on Monday, 10 a.m. Eastern. Ciao for now.